I think that it's a very slow, kind of arduous process of figuring out what alcohol means to you, where it stands in your life, and what type of relationship you want to have with it. And that's kind of the beauty and the privilege of being sober curious is you can choose how much alcohol shows up for you. With over 400,000 Instagram and TikTok followers combined, Olivia is taking social sobriety by storm with her innovative mocktails and her openness about her sober curious lifestyle. And if you're not sure what the term sober curious means, she explains it all in this episode. Olivia makes everyone feel welcome, no matter what their background, personal struggle, or social status. You're listening to the Digest This podcast with your host, Bethany Cameron. Let's get into it. Multiple studies point to a link between dehydration and a higher risk of anxiety and depression. And if you have low levels of electrolytes, it can cause anxiety or panic-like symptoms. Some of the most common causes of electrolyte imbalance are due to fluid loss. Adding electrolytes is a great way to replenish and rebalance your body, mind, and mood. However, most electrolyte drink mixes contain added gums, sugars, colors, and even added oils. I'm really picky about what goes into my body. So that's why I choose Elements Raw Unflavored Electrolyte Mix. Elements Unflavored Version contains a science-backed electrolyte ratio of salt, magnesium, and potassium. Those three simple ingredients are in their raw unflavored packs. So whether you just finished a workout, sauna session, or just need to hydrate for your mental health. Element is formulated to help anyone with their electrolyte needs and is perfectly suited for those following a keto, low-carb, vegan, or paleo diet. And right now, Element is offering my listeners a free sample pack with any purchase. That's eight single-serving packets free with any Element order. Element also has a no questions asked refund policy. So if you try it, don't like it, they will give you your money back guaranteed, no questions asked. So you have nothing to lose. Just go to drinklmnt.com slash digest to get this amazing offer. If you're not subscribed to my newsletters, they come out every Friday and they're called Friday Finds. This is information that only my subscribers get in their inbox. I share stuff like non-toxic air fryers and kitchen appliances, new food finds, product recalls, food news, and food products that aren't even on the market yet. But I've got the scoop. This is not published anywhere else and cannot be found on my blog. So be sure you're in the know and subscribe to my weekly newsletters by going to littlesipper.com slash subscribe and enter your email. That's all you have to do. So go to com forward slash subscribe to get exclusive information on everything food. Welcome, Olivia, to the show. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so happy to be here. I really want to talk about your sobriety. And you've been very, very open on social media about it. And I'm so glad you're in a better place and you seem so happy and you're thriving and i'm here i'm here to ask the hard questions let's just dive right in so when did you know you had a drinking issue or a drinking problem i guess the thing to know is that i'm actually not like or, sober um so i i'm sober curious so there's a difference and i can kind okay. of explain what that is and it's definitely important for people to kind of know and it's it's a really you know it's a 
it's a really great like kind of delineation to have. Um, essentially, like being sober and going through the program is one thing, right? So that's if you have a drinking problem, if you're addicted to alcohol, um, maybe you go to AA or you you have to stop drinking because it's actually affecting your life. For me, I kind of just stopped drinking because it wasn't really suiting me and it wasn't serving me in my life. After I stopped drinking about like a month or two in, I realized I wasn't drinking anymore. And then I kind of got curious about alcohol in general and my alcohol consumption and realized that like there wasn't a lot for me and alcohol. I I just didn't love it. I was kind of in this place where I was like, I don't really want to drink anymore. And I um recently had someone, I, you know, did a few episodes on my podcast about sober curiosity. And I had somebody on my show who was sober, who was an addict, who um, you know, had to stop drinking because her life was impacted by it. And she kind of talked about sober curiosity as this really cool segue for somebody to get curious and to ask questions before alcohol really becomes a problem for them. I don't really know if alcohol was ever going to become a problem for me. I I had definitely had like a poor relationship with it when I was in college, um, but grew out of that. And over time, I really wasn't drinking a ton leading up to my non-alcoholic lifestyle. So I always like to delineate it for people that I'm not sober, I'm sober curious, and I live an alcohol-free lifestyle. But if I were to you know, have a drink tonight, it wouldn't affect my life. That's that's great to hear. And I think that, yes, it's definitely good to know the difference. So you would never consider yourself like a past alcoholic or anything like that? No, no, no. I, I definitely wouldn't say that. Okay. And then how much were you drinking when you were drinking on a regular basis? Um, it kind of varied. I would say, I mean, it's always, I've always had an interesting relationship with alcohol because I didn't drink until I was 21 years old. So I was kind of a late bloomer in that space. Um, my friends all started drinking a lot earlier than me. So when I did start drinking, I was drinking a lot. Um, for the first two years I was in college and I was definitely drinking four to five times per week, if not more. Um, which just felt very much like part of the college lifestyle. And when I left college, I actually stopped drinking for a year. And then I you know, went to graduate school and kind of started drinking again. But from like 2017 you know, up until when I actually stopped drinking alcohol and removed it fully from my life, I was probably having anywhere from like one to three drinks a week. I mean, I w- it was very... It was just something that did not become a big deal. It was just never really a big deal to me anymore. I didn't like the taste of alcohol. So for me, it felt very much like a conduit to going on dates or like a catalyst to kind of help me get to know people in my graduate school program. And then when COVID hit, I definitely, you know, I would say I took to like drinking wine and having wine Zooms with friends. And I was probably drinking every other day, like a glass of wine. But I don't, I don't know actually the last time I was drunk. I I wouldn't be able to tell you the last time I was drunk. Okay. So it was never like, oh, I'm going to go drink and get drunk. It was like literally a glass or whatever it was, a cocktail. Yeah. And I mean, in college, it was very much, I'm going to drink to get drunk. It was like, how fast can I drink alcohol to the point where I kind of lose all of my inhibition and can do whatever I want to do. But when I got into adulthood, I I just didn't really enjoy being drunk very much. And honestly, I kind of got sick. I was was never really able to keep alcohol down, um, which I've talked to like a lot of people about, you know, just in terms of like my stomach and, you know, I have IBS. So there's just, it was always like kind of an issue for me. I would drink and then I would wake up the next morning and just have like horrible digestive issues and by the time I got to the third drink in my adulthood of drinking, my stomach was hurting. So it was just wasn't even worth it for me to keep going. Yeah, for sure. Well, and then I know too, for a lot of people, you know, of course they feel peer, peer pressure to, to drink. And yeah, it sucks because if you're really considering those your friends, they shouldn't be pressuring you to do any of that. Totally. I mean, especially as we kind of get into 
adulthood and, you know, for people who are listening to this, you know, even from, I don't know, being like 25 to and on, but 25 to 35, I still have people in my life who are like, you know, you know, have a beer, come on, you you can just do it up. But generally, and, and that's so few and far between, but generally people are are pretty cool with letting me do my thing. And I think that it's really important, you know, when you stop drinking alcohol, you do start reevaluating your relationships. And for anybody who is reevaluating their relationship with alcohol, you will start to see which friends of yours who are the people who are willing to kind of support you and support your decisions and focus on their own shit so you can focus on your own shit. And if you have friends who are peer pressuring you and have friends who are kind of trying to make you feel bad about a decision you're making, regardless of why you're making it, then I think it's important to reevaluate that friendship and kind of say, maybe this person isn't, isn't really who I thought they were. Yeah, for sure. For sure. And what perked your interest of sober curiosity and like sober curious and just all that, like, what was your like, Hmm, I just want to stop. Like what, what made you decide that? I don't know what made me decide because I I just had kind of stopped drinking and woke up one day a a month later and told my boyfriend, like, I don't think I drank in a month. And that's kind of when I started to, again, get curious about, I don't know, I just started looking things up and I was like sober, but not an alcoholic. And then I, you know, there were a few books called Sober Curious. And I was like, oh, okay, let me look into those. And let me look into this phrase and what this means. And there was just something for me that felt, I don't know, I just felt really good. I was like, I feel really good. And I was, at that time, I was living in a ski town and I was going skiing multiple times a week and I wasn't a good skier. And so it almost felt like this thing where I was like, I'm not going to drink when I'm at the mountain with people. And I'm definitely not going to drink when we get home if we're going to go skiing the next day. So kind of was like, well, maybe I will just try to not drink right now. Like maybe that is, you know, kind of good for me. I, I thinking back to it, I'm really not even sure kind of what propelled me into this. And then I think what happened honestly is one day I made a mocktail, like I made a non-alcoholic drink and I posted it to my Instagram and I was like, Oh, you know, like this is fun. I'll just kind of post this and see what people think. And it just blew up. Like people were like so excited about it. And so I had no idea that there was this entire community of people who were kind of in need of resources to feel a little bit more normal at their social events. Um, Especially, you know, when you're sober curious and somebody asks you why you're not drinking, you feel like you almost have to doubly explain it. Like if you're a sober person, and I'm not saying it's easier for people who are sober, but when, you know, in my experience being sober curious, I can't tell people like, oh, I was an alcoholic, I'm sober. Usually that will shut people up. You know, they'll be like, okay, absolutely. But I'm like, well, it's not really serving me right now. People are like, oh, well, so you don't drink at all? And I'm like, no. And so there's just like this constant back and forth where it's like exhausting to have to sit there and explain it when you ask for a water. And so I was like, you know what? I'm going to have people over and I'm just going to make myself a mocktail. And like, lo and behold, nobody asked me. They were like, what are you drinking? I'm like, oh, Mark, you know, this is a margarita without alcohol. They're like, oh, I'd love one of those. Can you throw tequila in mine? Sure. So I feel like it was a really good way to kind of show up on the scene and help people recognize that there are resources if you're choosing not to drink. And it might make you feel a little bit more comfortable in those situations. Yeah. Well, and you put a a good point out there too, is it is, I would imagine it is a little bit harder in to be sober curious because when people know, oh, so-and-so had a drinking problem while they're not drinking, oh, good for you. We're definitely supporting that. But then like you said, oh, they're like, oh, well, you just are not drinking. Like, well, why? And then they're like almost pressuring you. Yeah. It's definitely like, well, if you don't have a problem, why are you doing it? And and I think that the, the idea and concept is so much more widely accepted now. In the last eight to 12 months, I think the idea of sober curiosity has just taken off. And so, so many people are going to be open and more receptive to it. But definitely in the beginning, it was kind of this idea of, yeah, why are you doing this? Well, if you don't have a problem, do you really need to be doing it? Come on, just have a beer. And so that that was 
um, always a little bit frustrating for me. And of course, because I'm like, I come from the theater, you know, I'm very dramatic. So I was like, well, if I feel like this person's going to give me a problem, I'm going to answer in the most dramatic way I know how without with while still telling the truth, you know? So people would be like, well, you know, do you want to drink? And I'm like, no, like I'm not drinking alcohol right now. It really doesn't serve me in my life. And like just saying that in a very serious and kind of downward tone always uh, made them shut up. So that was kind of a nice thing. <laughs> that's actually, that's a great tip for those that are wanting to be sober curious and not wanting to have to deal with like the back and forth all the time. Yeah, I always tell people, you know, and and I said this from the beginning, like you don't owe anyone an explanation. Someone could ask you why you're not drinking and you can say, I don't feel like answering that. Just give me my water. Um, I, I think that like we are so constantly pressured and we so constantly feel pressured to give people what we think we need to give them. And the reality is we don't owe anybody anything. We don't owe anyone an excuse or a response. And so if somebody does choose to ask you a question that you don't feel like answering, you have should have full agency in saying that's something I, I don't feel comfortable answering. Um, though I do find that like when I do answer it and when I when I am willing to open up the lines of communication with people, they are incredibly receptive and incredibly curious themselves. I have talked to so many people who I kind of thought would be um, uh, like, you know, a little bit be a pressure or like, oh, you're weird. So many people are like, you know, I really want to try being sober for a month or actually alcohol really hasn't been serving me either. I've been trying to drink less. And like, it's really nice to have those conversations and also to be able to bounce ideas off of people about their drinking habits and you know, it's it's just good to be open about it. And I think for so long, we haven't been open because the idea of opening lines of communication with someone who is an, a quote alcoholic feels really, really sensitive. Um, so I think it's nice if you have somebody in your life who's sober curious or if you're sober curious and you're willing to talk to someone about it. I actually think it can be really nice and really helpful for a lot of people. Yeah. Like, well, you don't need an explanation. I applaud you for that. What were some changes that you saw after you just stopped drinking? I would say that, I mean, emotionally, I just felt much more clear headed. I felt like I was able to make decisions with a clearer mind and I felt generally just more awake in life. And that was, that was really important to me. That was something that I had kind of been searching for. i I'm, you know, pretty spiritual and I have um read about like quite deeply about Buddhism. And I I don't know, there was a part of me that was kind of always searching for this like intense clarity and I just wasn't able to find it. And I do feel like the removal of alcohol from my life allowed a lot of clarity for me. And it wasn't something where I just woke up the next day and was like, I'm clear and I, you know, I'm in I've reached nirvana. But there's just things that I'm able to do now and ways that I'm able to express myself and ways that I'm able to think about life um, that provide more clarity for me than before. And that's a really nice feeling because I know that every single decision I'm making is coming from a place of true intuition. Um, And that feels very, very important and crucial to me in my life. Um, So there's that. And then emotionally, I will say like I've you know, I would get drunk and get emotional. Like I would have a couple of glasses of wine and get emotional. Um, and and there's nothing wrong with that. I think that's great. And I think it's always nice to like sit down, have a glass of wine and like enjoy a movie. And maybe it allows you to cry and you wouldn't cry on the other, you know, otherwise. But for me, it was like exhausting. I was just exhausted by it. I, you know, knew... Um, Every time I had a drink or every time I had a glass of wine, maybe something that somebody said or thinking about something would make me feel a little bit more triggered than I normally would. And then it could cause this like spiral domino effect, uh, chain reaction of emotions that like just weren't really necessary and should have been processed sober and weren't. Um, and so again, I think that like it has allowed me to kind of get really, really honest with myself. And to see a lot of things that are kind of happening in my life at face value and to say, okay, what decision do I need to make based off of where I'm at now? Um, and, and I feel, again, really rooted in every decision I make. And physically, you know, I'm, I feel so much more like, 
I just wake up every day and I'm like, fuck yeah. Like I just really enjoy life. I feel very like light. And I don't mean, I don't mean weight wise. I'm just like, oh, you know, I feel great. I feel I can go There's to less sleep. weight on your shoulders. Yeah. Like yeah. I can go out to a party, for example, and I can stay out until 2 a.m. And sometimes I will. Like I still love to dance. I still love to have fun with friends. But I'll stay out till 2 a.m. When I get home, I go straight to sleep. My sleep is not affected besides the fact that I'm going out till two in the morning. But like, (laughs) otherwise my sleep is not affected. I wake up the next day and I feel amazing. And I'm able to go to yoga. I'm able to make breakfast. I don't get hangovers anymore. Um, That's not something I experience. And so that is, I mean, physically for me, that's amazing. That that's starts that's at the top of the chain reaction for everything you know for me um eating healthier and for me you know taking having more time to exercise and being able to go outside more it just all kind of starts there and i think too there's a lot of people who i know kind of drink during the week you know and you're so you're drinking having a glass of wine or a few bottles of beer at dinner on a Thursday night and you kind of wake up Friday morning, you still have to work an eight hour day and then you feel like shit, you know? And it it causes a reaction of just constantly you're like losing sleep. You're losing, you know, it's exa- mm-hmm. to me, it's, it's a exhausting. snowball. Yeah. yeah. It's an exhausting lifestyle. Yeah. But you did, I mean, you do bring out a good point too, is that it does, one thing does affect another. So like when you do feel good physically or just emotionally inside, then you do start to make healthier choices just almost by default. Like, oh yeah, like I'm not drinking. I'm going to opt for a healthier meal today. And then that healthier meal makes you feel better. So you continue to make better choices. And it's like this this little flower that's blooming and like one good choice leads to another good choice. Totally. It's also a really freeing feeling. Like we you know, went to a baseball game the other night and it was just like so great to be like, oh yeah, I'm just gonna, I mean, I had a massive diet Coke that I shared with my boyfriend and it was amazing. Um, But like, it was just nice to be like, no, we don't like, we didn't need to get a beer and we just kind of, I don't know, there's just a, there's a freeing feeling and going out and ordering a mocktail and knowing that you don't need to have alcohol to enjoy your time. Um, And I think a lot of people are, really surprised. And I think they're proud. I don't know. Every time I go out, I feel like people are really proud of me. And that's kind of a nice feeling to have too. You know, when your friends are just like, you know, good for you. Um, I'm like, yeah, good for me. I'm really happy. So I think that's also a really nice feeling to have. It's very liberating to make your own choices. Oh, I'm proud of you, Olivia. Thank you. And for those that don't know too, I mean, how long have we known each other? Just like side note. A really long time. We've been friends for so long. Like definitely before COVID. Oh yeah. I remember um, it was like right before COVID in January, we met for the first time at your event at Beaming. That's right. In Santa Monica. Yeah. That's where I met Carissa too. We actually talked about that had um on on my podcast where she was like we were at this really nice event in beaming and i was also i was uh i was really stoned when i showed up to that event. <laughs> we talk, always talk about that well you still really looked high. great <laughs> yeah I was, but i was i was in my in a really fun phase it was a really great era for me but um but yeah that was so fun it was so great to meet you and um yeah i feel like we've just like we've kept up with each other's lives online, which has been a really, it's a really lovely thing to be able to do and always kind of looking to you for inspiration. And it's just so nice. Oh yeah. Well, and and that's the great thing about social media is that you do feel like, you know, we can stay connected in this way, you know, and um, there's definitely the good and the bad about social media, but, and we, we pick and choose what we take in and consume too. This is just like total rant, but like side note, you know what, if this person is not serving you or if you don't like them, you can totally unfollow them. And guess what? You're free. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I tell people that all the time. I mean, we're free and they're free, right? If I don't want to post something that I don't like, I, I can choose not to post it. And that's a great feeling. And if somebody is, you know, for example, they're, you know, 
don't like my mocktail recipes and they're like, I want more cocktails, they should unfollow me and go follow a cocktail count. You know, if 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 what I'm doing is not serving anyone anymore, we all grow, we all change, we all evolve. That's kind of the beauty of life. And I think it's really cool to be able to say, mm, yeah, this isn't really working for me anymore. I mean, I feel like I'm constantly unfollowing people. So yeah, no, same here. And then I'm I'm finding new people that I'm just like, wow, this is great. Now I know one thing that I did want to ask as well is, so you talked about things that changed when you stopped drinking. What about like physical things that you noticed? Cause you did mention you have IBS. Like, did you feel a difference with that? Yeah. I mean, I definitely still feel like my IBS is better because I've stopped drinking. This is something that like, I mean, I don't know. I had a stool sample done. I feel like everyone who listens to your podcast is like cool with me talking about poop, right? Oh my gosh. We talk about poop all the time. (laughs) (laughs) I had a feeling. Um, I had a stool sample done back in the summer and it was funny because I'm slowly like getting it figured out right now, everything. Um, But when I did stop drinking, my stomach problems were like so much better so quickly. I was like, wow, you know, I, I wasn't, I was constantly having, I was never constipated. I was always kind of the, on the other side. And I started to have like a lot more normal bowel movements. And I was like, this is, this is pretty crazy. Um, and then during the summer, I started eating like a ton of cottage cheese on an empty stomach in the morning. And unfortunately I think like the back, there's a bacteria in there that like does not suit me at that time of day. It's a whole thing, but I recently, which is really funny, recently went to a hand roll bar um, this last weekend. And I was really hesitant to go because every time I've ever gone to hand roll bars and gotten hand roll sushi, I always have a problem. Like to the point where I literally have to leave the restaurant because I'm gonna like have, I'm gonna have to go to the bathroom. Um, And it's funny because usually what happened, I mean, in the past, I would always go and drink alcohol. I would drink either like sake or I, and I, I would usually have like a beer and sake. Um, and I went to the hand roll bar this weekend and it was like completely normal. And I ordered everything I usually order. And so there was a huge part of me. I woke up the next morning. I told my boyfriend, I was like, I literally think that the, the addition of drinking during that like meal was what messed me up every other time. Um, again, that's like completely unfounded. That is like, comes from nothing. That just comes from me feeling like maybe that was it. But yeah, I mean, just like generally, I feel like my digestion is better. And like I told you, when I drank, my stomach hurt. So for me, it's not even as much about like healing my IBS is one thing. And that's something that like I'm working on with, you know, my doctors, but it's more so about the fact that like, I don't have an issue when I go out anymore, when I choose to have like a beer or a glass of wine. And then immediately I'll like pull in socially because my stomach is in pain and it cramps. Mm -hmm. So I think for me, it's, that's really been super helpful. I don't, I just don't think I've ever digested alcohol super well. Yeah. Well, and a lot of people don't and just don't realize it and they're just, they just ignore it, you know? Yeah. But what about like any other things? Like, did you notice any changes in your skin or your hair or anything like that? Mm, not a ton in my hair. I definitely would will say that my skin is a lot better, but I, there's a lot of things that I do for my skin. So again, it's like, it's really hard to tell if it's the alcohol. I do think that it has a huge impact on my skin. I think that my skin is much clearer because I don't drink alcohol I just, I, your skin looks amazing. You're glowing. Thank you. Yeah. And it's nice. I mean, I also drink a ton of water. I sauna almost every day. I like, I started doing acupuncture facials. I'm on a really, really um, stringent routine with some medicated face washes. So I also do so much other stuff for my skin. Aside from not drinking, I also eat very healthy. So I think for me, it's just an added benefit. I think I mean, the best way to test would be for me to do everything I'm doing and add alcohol back into my diet, which I don't want to do. Right. But, you know, but I I do think it has an effect on my skin. And I know for a lot of people, it has such a huge effect on their skin health. Um, but yeah, I, I just, I'm constantly in awe. I mean, I think that my my physical health is just a lot better with that alcohol. I'm also very excited every time I get to go to the doctor and they're like, and how many drinks do you have per week? And I'm like, zero. 
If you suffer from headaches, you're not alone. One in every six people suffer, and more than 8 million Americans visit their doctor for headache-related issues each year, 75% of which are women. Of course, women go through more hormonal changes each month and their moods fluctuate, which can cause migraines to the point of many unable to even function, let alone work or be the mother or wife they typically are on a daily basis. We need help. But the side effects from NSAIDs like Advil or other over-the-counter anti-inflammatories sometimes aren't worth it. But did you know that CBD has been shown time and time again, study after study, to be one of the best natural anti-inflammatories available? and no prescription is required. Ned is a brand I've been personally consuming for over two years, and one of their newer products is their Brain Blend. It not only contains full-spectrum hemp, but also botanicals to help support brain function and clarity, such as MCT, ginkgo, bacopa, Siberian ginseng, lion's mane, and lemon essential oil. I took this blend when I had a major headache and within 30 minutes, it was gone. No joke. So if you need a natural relief from headaches or just want more clarity in your brain to think and focus, I highly recommend Ned's Brain Blend. Become the best version of yourself and get 15% off Ned products with code DIGEST. Go to helloned.com slash digest or enter code DIGEST at checkout to get 15% off. Thank you, Ned, for sponsoring the show and offering my listeners a natural remedy for some of life's most common health issues. Do you drink? You know, um, it's funny you ask that because I like will have on the rarest occasion, I don't drink anymore. Like I've made the conscious decision not to drink, not that I've, I've ever had a problem being an alcoholic or anything like that. But because of course the IBS thing, um, it does mess up my stomach and then Okay, Olivia, let me tell you, every time I'll either have a glass of wine or I'll have a shot of tequila, which the last time I drank was on my honeymoon. And I was like, after that, never again. But to your point is every time I have a drink, I get yeast infections, like crazy. And it does mess up my, my gut microbiome. And then the I get yeast infections and it's like the worst. So it's terrible. No. I get yeast infections too. Not from drinking, but I it's something that I have I haven't had one in a long time, but they're literally the worst. Yeah. And so I correlated that like no brainer, it's from the alcohol. So I'm just like, I don't even really like alcohol anyways. Totally. I mean that's never. that's the thing like I always tell people when they start to kind of reevaluate their relationship with it, like you should take some time to think about whether or not you even like alcohol, because I think it's been so inundated in our brains as the thing that you're supposed to do when you're an adult that we don't even know whether or not we enjoy it and enjoy the taste and enjoy the feeling we get when we drink it. And sometimes it's just like, you need to take a step back and try and figure out if it's something you even like. Totally. And I mean, are you really enjoying the alcohol? Are you enjoying the fruity mixes that are accompanying it? You know? Yeah. And in that case, if you're enjoying the fruity mixes, you might as well just make a mocktail. You know what I mean? Totally. Yeah, for sure. Um, And then one more thing I do have to say that it's saving you tons of money. It is saving tons of money. Though mocktails are so expensive if you choose to drink a mocktail. But I will say that generally if I go out and I order a mocktail, I order one and I'm like, okay, I'm good. Um, and then I just get sparkling water. But it really does save you a lot and a lot of money, especially when you go out. And you always end up leaving too. Like I tend to always kind of leave things a little bit earlier just because I'm like, well, I'm not drunk and... I'm not like kind of having the same experience and ending in my right mind. I'm like, well, I think I want to go home, go to bed a little bit earlier, get up in the morning, go on my coffee walk or whatever it is. So then I'm not staying out as late. So I'm not maybe ordering 
more things into the evening or spending more money into the evening on food, drinks, what have you. So it really is a huge money saver. Yeah. And okay. So guys, if you guys don't follow Olivia on Instagram, by the way, it's just Olivia Nacetta, but she creates the most delicious looking mocktails. And I mean, it's your, your Instagram is mostly mocktails. I mean, I feel like that should be your Instagram name, mostly mocktails. <laughs> mostly mocktails. Yeah. It's fun. I really, I really, really enjoy creating them. I feel like the options for flavor combinations are endless and I'm, I'm really inspired by it. I have like no traditional training and bartending or any of that, but I really do enjoy creating my mocktails. So thank you. They're amazing. And the voiceovers to me too. I mean, it's just for whatever reason. Yeah, it's so sweet. It's something I just started doing, but I'm like, I just enjoy kind of talking about my life and being funny. And it's a nice way to, for me to kind of bring my personality into my Instagram. Yeah. Well, and I, I love it. And they're all so different and so unique and just so creative. And I really think you should write like a mocktail book or something like that. I mean, is something like that in the works? Possibly. It's not super in the works right now, but it's something we're kind of... My team and I are kind of, um, we're, we're in the beginning steps of kind of getting that all figured out right now. Oh. So there could possibly be something coming out in the next three years, but I don't know. You never know what's going to happen. So, Okay. We'll keep us posted on that for sure. There's a lot of different just opinions about this. And I think we could just go in circles about, oh, do you drink? Do you not drink? Blah, 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 blah. But at the end of the day, like, you just have to know, you have to know, I think, first of all, the difference. So for anyone that is like struggling with alcoholism and they, you know, they maybe, maybe they are an alcoholic and they're trying to get sober, you know, and obviously you've, you've never really been in that position, but could you give any advice or tips? Uh, of course, professional help, number one. Yeah. I would definitely say I can't give any tips to people who are truly struggling with alcohol use. I think, again, getting professional help is the only tip I can give. What I can do is I can give tips to people who are curious about limiting their alcohol consumption or who are starting to think that maybe alcohol might be a problem for them, um, but not so much as like affecting their entire life. If, If alcohol is affecting your entire life or you think you might be struggling with alcoholism, professional help. But for people who are kind of curious about alcohol, my first step is always to just kind of like take a step back and to ask yourself the questions of like, what is alcohol to me? What is my relationship with alcohol? How many drinks am I having a week? Do I enjoy myself when I'm drinking? Why do I drink? Like what? Because I like it, because it makes me feel good, because I think if I don't drink, I can't, you know, go on dates or whatever, right? Like really get to the ground level of what relationship alcohol has in your life. And then start to say like, if I don't drink alcohol, what am I going to feel or what's going to happen? Will I feel embarrassed? Do I have anybody I can talk to about it? Like, what do my friends do? What are my friends doing? What is our normal way that we hang out? Are all of your friends you're just constantly going out all the time. You know what I mean? So you start to kind of evaluate those relationships. And I think for people who are who are getting curious, it's about doing that. And then it's about saying, okay, because I'm in a position where I'm curious and I'm not addicted to this substance, maybe what I can do is try switching out mocktails for cocktails during the week, Monday through Friday. Um, and not going hard on mocktails and not drinking like seven mocktails a night, but just saying, you know, like on Wednesday, I'll have a mocktail with dinner, but then like the rest of the week, I'm kind of just going to chill with water, whatever it is and see how you feel. And then maybe you'll realize on Saturday when you go out that you don't really feel like drinking as much. I think that it's a very slow, kind of arduous process of figuring out what alcohol means to you, where it stands in your life and what type of relationship you want to have with it. And that's kind of the beauty and the privilege of being sober curious is you can choose how much alcohol shows up for you. Um, I know for me, like it does, it just, I choose to have it not show up at all because it's not something that I personally enjoy, but I don't demonize it when like my boyfriend drinks or my family or my friends drink. I think it's great and it's their decision. But 
to have the privilege to have a choice to say, this is something I don't think I want to do as much of, or is this is something I want to take a step back from um, in a more moderate way. So maybe drinking more moderately, whatever that means for you. I think that's the advice I have is just to ask questions, to be slow. There's a few good books like um, Quit Like a Woman by Holly Whitaker is a really good book. Sober Curious by Ruby Warrington is a really good book. These are books that will kind of help you facilitate the questions you might need to be asking yourself. Mm-hmm. And so your your boyfriend does drink. Yeah, he does drink. Mm-hmm. And But he's totally, obviously, super supportive of like whatever you want to do. Super supportive. He doesn't have a problem with alcohol, so it's not something that affects our relationship. Um, but he, I mean, from day zero, he's been like, you just got to do what you're going to do. And he supports me. He also knows that I'm like way more fun and lively and happier without it. So I think he prefers who I am without alcohol anyway. You guys are so cute together. Oh my gosh. How long have you guys been dating? Like two years now? Two and a half years. Yeah. Oh my God. Going on three years. So he's really great. And we, we live a really good, very chill life, which is a really, really nice thing to say. So. Oh, I love it. I love it. Now, are there any brands of mocktails that you can just blurb out like, oh, such and such brand is great. Yeah. I've, I've not really found any like pre-made mocktails that I enjoy, but I really love, there's a lot of like liquor alternatives. My favorite brands are Liars Spirits Co. I think they're out of Australia. And then I also really like Monday, um, on Instagram, they're like drink Monday, but they have like a gin, a whiskey and a tequila, I think. Um, so those are the two brands I, I, I really enjoy making my mocktails with. Um, and then let's see, I tried a non-alcoholic wine the other day. It was called Null. Null, I think. Hmm. There's also one called Non that I like. There's a lot of really good non-alcoholic wines out there that kind of taste like kombucha. Um, and they're just very interesting. And then, yeah, those are generally like, it's funny because I make mocktails kind of for a living now. Um, but I make mocktails and I, I do love to like make a good mocktail and drink a good mocktail, but I don't drink a ton of mocktails. Like I'm not always, you don't, you won't always see me with a mocktail. Like when I go out, I'll maybe have one, maybe, um, at home, I'll maybe make like one a week, uh, or two a week. Now I've been drinking tart cherry juice at night, which I love. And sometimes I'll make that into a mocktail, but like I drink that every night, but, um, that can help you sleep by the way. Yeah. That's, that's the yeah. sleep mocktail I just made. Yeah, yeah. It's great. Um, and which is why I drink it at night, but so sometimes I'll make it a little bit more fun and make it into a mocktail for uh, my boyfriend and myself. But yeah, those are the brands I really like. There's so, so, so many new brands on the scene. So I would say like, there's a, a great non-alcoholic bottle shop. There's two of them that I really enjoy. One of them is called Baswan. The other one is called The New Bar. Um, Baswan is kind of around the country and The New Bar is only in LA. But they both have online shops. And so because it's non-alcoholic, you can pretty much go on there and search and then you can get anything Like a delivered. free for all. Yeah. yeah, I mean, you can get anything delivered to your state, right? I know there are certain states that like you can't deliver alcohol to. So it's really, really nice to... Um, kind of check things out, maybe order like a non-alcoholic, whatever your favorite drink is, just order whatever the non-alcoholic alternatives are and maybe pick up a wine. But I also really like um, Liquid Death. I love Liquid Death, the sparkling water. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, Like usually when I go out, my drink of choice is I'll just get like a sparkling water with lime. I just, I think it's like the easiest. It always kind of settles my stomach and... um, so that's really nice. But yeah, I would say those are my favorite brands on the scene right now, but there's a ton. There's so many and they're all really, really good. Great. Well, what's your favorite mocktail that you've made? Um, oh gosh, that's a hard one. I, I'm always kind of coming up with new stuff. I did just make a coconut lychee margarita that I'm going to be releasing next week. That was very, very good. Um, but I'm like addicted to my uh, tart cherry juice mocktail for sleep right now. It's just the best. It's so good. We like, we can't stop drinking it. Every night we're like, oh, do we, we're out of tart cherry juice. Um, 
It's it's really great. And I'm going to have to try that now. You should try it. It's yeah. so yummy. Yeah, it has ginger and mint and cinnamon. And it's like just, it, it feels good to like sit down on the couch after a long day and drink it. So yeah, I would say that's my favorite right now. But I have like, I don't know. I love putting coconut milk in drinks too. I think that's like the yummiest thing. Yeah, like a pina colada-ish situation. Totally. Yeah. Well, what about, let's just talk about cooking right before, like, cause you, I do remember like before the whole mocktail scene, you were doing a lot of cooking in the kitchen as well. Like you still do obviously. And I still post recipes. That's like, it's half recipes, half mocktails pretty much. But what's your favorite meal to make on a random Wednesday night? And you're like, I mean, I have the idea in my head. I have an idea of what you're going to say, but I want to see, do you want to know what I think you're going to say or do you want to say it? I'll say it and then you can tell me what you think I was going to say. Okay. Okay. When it comes to... So it's always changing for me. It's always changing. Um, I'm I love food variety. I'm 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 really into like having hyperfixation meals, right? Like I'm always kind of stuck on one thing for like a few weeks, but then I love to mix things up because I think I don't know, my body really enjoys food variety. But um the easiest thing for me to make and like the most delicious thing for me to make right now, I can say is I love steaming salmon and like I have this yogurt dill pickle thing I put on top and then roasting Romanesco and with rice. Like that's probably the easiest, most delicious thing I'll make on like a Wednesday night that we're just like, oh my God, it took us 10 minutes and we're just so happy like eating it. What did you think? I know you were wrong. I was totally wrong. Oh my gosh. What were you going to say? I totally thought you were going to say like a creamy pasta with like cherry tomatoes and... No. Why? I don't know why I was thinking like you love, like you're a pasta girl. Am I am totally pasta wrong. Girl. No, I love pasta. I love making pasta. I think pasta is delicious, but I don't really like pasta. It's kind of, it's not something that happens a ton around here. Like we eat pasta maybe once every two weeks. And when we do, we go hard. Like we eat a really good pasta and I love making pasta sauces. Like I'm, I'm all about it. Like on my Instagram, I'm always coming up with new pasta sauces and it's just one of my favorite things to make. I think pasta is really beautiful, but generally I, it's not something I crave at the end of the day. And you're not gluten-free. No, I'm, I have no dietary restrictions. Okay. At all. So you go full on dairy, full on gluten if you want. Yeah. I, I, I definitely keep it easy on the dairy. I, I, I will like I mean, we're going on vacation this weekend or when we were in Greece, for example, like I was eating probably a block of feta a day. Um, I ate so much feta cheese, but I keep it pretty easy on the dairy throughout the week. And on the weekends, it's just not something that like, it's not going to be the first, necessarily the first thing I reach for. Um, But yeah, I eat, I eat absolutely everything. And that comes from a lot of, a lot of a restrictive past, I guess we'll say. Mm-hmm. So yeah, just, well, no, go ahead. No, I was just going to make a comment about dairy is that dairy can be, um, you have to be selective in the type and quality and that can make a huge difference. Totally. And that's what I've kind of been doing is I really only buy the best quality dairy that I can afford. And yeah, the type two, I know my, my esthetician was like, I want you to be eating more like sheep and goat dairy than cow dairy. Um, and so that's something that I've, kind of been transitioning into my life. So, and that seems to be going really well, you know, but I love like I love cheese. I love cheese. I love cheese so much. It's it's hard for me. I think I'm really hungry right now cuz we keep talking about food and I'm like, oh my god, I need to eat something. <laughs> well, it's it's like lunchtime right now. Yeah. So, I mean, I think I'm going to have lunch right after this uh, episode too, but I'm making soup right now. It's on the stove and it's like the past two days have been like in the 80s and now it's like super chilly over here. So I put on some soup this morning. It sounds so good. I love soup. I bet you have, I bet you have the best soup at your house. I'm like, I can imagine going over and just eating like a big mug of bone broth or something at your house. 
Oh, it's it's bone brothed up for sure. <laughs> but I I put like a whole I, I buy a whole like get a whole chicken and I put the entire whole chicken in a big pot and then I put like the bone broth and carrots and onions and um, rose. I have um, a garden and we have like a huge um, rosemary bush, so I put like rosemary in it and like it's great. Good for but, you. I that's my big thing is once. Once we leave a city, I really hope that we can have a garden because I think the one thing I really, really, it's not like I miss it. It's not like I ever had it before, but the one thing I really want in my life is just to be able to go outside and like cut some fresh herbs and use that in my dinner. I think that there's something about that feeling that's just kind of unparalleled. So one day, hopefully. Yeah. Yeah. Well, thank you, Olivia, for coming on today. And before we go, tell everyone where they can find you, pimp yourself out. What's your website? Give your social media, TikTok, all that good stuff. Well, you can find me literally everywhere at Olivia Noceda, O-L-I-V-I-A-N-O-C-E-D-A. That's where I am everywhere. My website's olivianoceda.com, TikTok, Instagram, Pinterest, all of it. I do have a podcast called On the Rocks, um, which the second season starts next week. And that's also really fun. So you can just search my name and I'm sure you'll find me. (laughs) Well, there you go. Thanks so much, Olivia. Thank you, Bethany. I love you. Love you. Could have digest this. If you enjoyed this episode, please leave a review in your podcast app to let us know. If you're ever wondering how you can support me and this podcast, sharing it with your friends and family is the best way. This is a resonant media production produced by Drake Peterson and edited by Chris McCone. To email the show, message us at digestthispod at gmail.com. See you next time. The content of this show is for educational and informational purposes only. It is not a substitute for individual medical and mental health advice and does not constitute a provider-patient relationship. As always, talk to your doctor or health team first. If you're looking to take back your health, it's time for you to listen to the Real Foodology podcast. From the producer of Digest This comes one of Apple Podcasts' top 10 nutrition shows, hosted by integrative nutritionist and real food activist Courtney Swan. The Real Foodology podcast is on a mission to change the way we eat. Courtney interviews doctors, food experts, health professionals, and nutrition pioneers to bring you the best info so you can thrive. Somewhere along the way, we lost sight of how impactful our food choices are. But it's never too late to start on the path of better health choices. You'd be so surprised how resilient our bodies are when we start taking care of them. Yes, it's overwhelming, but that's why Courtney's here to help. She breaks it down for you and makes the information more accessible so that you can make more informed decisions in the grocery aisle or restaurant. Listen to the Real Foodology podcast today on your favorite podcast app. New episodes every Wednesday, produced by Drake Peterson and Resonant Media.